Good morning. How are y'all doing? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, shout out to my people over in the video cafe. Have a latte. Uh, not on me though, like you have to pay for it yourself. And my people watching online, love you guys. It's really good to see y'all. Although you can see me, I can't see you. That's a whole thing that we're trying to work out. I'm glad you guys are here. We've been talking about spiritual gifts and we've been talking about how important spiritual gifts are to people who believe in Jesus and what it does when we live those out. But I have some bad news. I'm here to ruin everything today. Everything that we've been talking about as it relates to spiritual gifts, I'm totally gonna ruin it. I've been holding out on you guys because there is one gift we all can have. There's one gift we all can have and open and it's the most important gift. In fact, if we don't get this, the rest of the gifts don't matter. But before I tell you about that, let me tell you about the spiritual gifts because they are important, they do matter, but we gotta get this one, but they do matter. If you haven't been here, you can always catch up at city.church watch. So I'm just gonna go into a little review of what we've been going through. Are you guys ready? Okay. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right. So spiritual gifts, we define as a supernatural capacity, power, or ability. That's what we're defining as spiritual gifts as. Now, I know spiritual gifts like weird some people out when we talk about them, no matter what your church background is. And I didn't grow up in the church, and so it really weirded me out. And so when people started talking about spiritual gifts, I'm like, mm -mm, I've seen the exorcist, y'all. Mm -hmm. And we're not doing this. Mm -hmm. I didn't follow Jesus to become a Ghostbuster. That's not what this is about. I'm more Scooby-Doo than Ghostbuster, but... Right? That's not what this is about, but I misunderstood what spiritual gifts were, and so it's important that we go through and talk through what these things are. And so, again, it can weird people out. Just follow me with this one, right? And so I gave you the definition, right? What we believe is that Jesus died and was resurrected, and after he was resurrected, he went to heaven. But when he went to heaven, he left us with something incredibly powerful. He left us with his spirit. And Jesus' spirit is the Holy Spirit that you might read about in the Christian scripture. And so that spirit lives inside every single person who believes in Jesus. It's a piece of Jesus that lives within all of us and stays with us while we're here. And that's not just about salvation. That's not just about heaven. The spirit that lives within us also helps us live a better life now. Jesus called it a guide or a helper. But the spirit gives us these spiritual gifts that's why they're called spiritual gifts. They're just gifts from the Spirit. And there are four categories of spiritual gifts that we've been talking about, and we break them down into four categories. I don't know if you think there's 26 or 12 or five. There's a lot of different people who are really smart, much smarter than me, that have broken it down. But we break it down into four categories because we want people to kind of understand the general idea of what spiritual gifts are. And so the first gift that we talk about is a supernatural gift. And this is the one that freaked me out, right? This is the one that freaks a lot of people out. But every time we talk about it here, there's always someone that goes outside and says, hey, Pastor John, I'm not crazy. <laughs> You're telling me I'm not crazy. It's like, yes, yes, because there are people whose family literally thinks they're having a mental break because they're getting a vision from God or they're having dreams that they just can't shake or they're walking by someone in a restaurant and going, I really need to pray for that person. 
Right? This is a gift that can kind of freak people out, but I want to tell you that if you're a believer in Jesus, some of those things you've been experiencing are part of your spiritual gift. The next category we're talking about is helps. And if you have the helps gift, you want to help people, right? And we all want to help people, but for helps people, you use your resources, your time, your energy, your money to help people in a tangible way because you want to show people in a tangible way that you care about them. And that's how God can use you in that Other people, you have a leadership gift. And the leadership gift is not the spiritual gift of bossiness or manipulation. The leadership spiritual gift is about being able to take people from where they are to a better place. And when you have this gift, you desire to influence and organize people, to move groups of people to something better. The last gift is the care gift. And the care gift, obviously, is a great gift. All these gifts are good. If you have a care gift, a lot of times you have a high empathy level. People may have told you that you're a feeler, right? You are somebody who wants to care for the spiritual and emotional needs of people around you. And so maybe at work, you're the counselor. Maybe with your friends, you're the person that they text when something goes wrong. And you think, hey, maybe that's normal. And I want to tell you, that's not normal, right? A lot of times people don't want to deal with people, right? If somebody, I I can't tell you like... If you go to a restaurant, like sometimes the care people, you go to a restaurant and everybody's having a good time and then the server comes over and it's like, for some reason, I just want to talk to you about my husband and I's relationship. (laughs) And most of us are like, check please. Um, But care people are like, no, let's talk about it. Let's have this conversation, right? Let me help. Okay, I hit hit something over here that like must have really happened uh, very recently. That's the care spiritual gift at work, and that's what it looks like. So these are the four spiritual gifts. We good with that? All right. And these gifts are important, but they don't work in isolation. They don't work separately. You're not a lone wolf, cowboy, samurai, okay? Together, we work together with these gifts, and Paul calls it something very important. This is what he writes. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So as part of your spiritual gifts, you're part of a body. You're the body of Christ. And you've heard us say church is a body, not a building. That's the reference that this comes from because church isn't a service or a 501c3 organization. The church is people who believe in Jesus. They use their spiritual gifts to go out and do good in Jesus's name and make this world a better place. The church is people. It's not a place. And Paul says, you are the body of Christ. And if he was from Texas, what he would have said is, y'all are the body of Christ. Y'all are the body of Christ. Because all of us, me, you, we, all of us are a part of that. That's what it means to be a part of the body. It's a collection of these individuals. Now, when Jesus, Jesus is still with us with that piece of the spirit that he left us, but he's not tangibly here anymore. And his intention by giving us that spirit was to continue the work that he started 2,000 years ago of healing people, helping people, loving people, and making this world a better place. And you are a part of that. Whether you're sitting here or whether you're sitting at home or in the video cafe, you are a part of that. We're all meant to be active participants. We're not just going to get on the plane and watch Jesus do all the work or sit on the bench. Okay, I'm going to a sports reference. How many of you guys have been on a sports team that had a really good player? 
like the best player in the world, and you just kind of sat and watched, and you were just like, wow, I do not like this, even though we're winning, right? I had a couple of teams like that where I just stood there and watched. That's not what Jesus is doing. You're not standing and watching. You're an active participant in his movement. That's what it means to be a part of the body. That's what it means to be a part of the church. That's what it means to use your spiritual gifts, and that is the more that you're made for. With that said, None of this works if we don't get this one thing. All of it is meaningless if we don't open up this one gift that we all have that's been given to all of us. And Paul was so concerned about it that he put it in this letter to the church at Corinth. It's called 1 Corinthians in the Christian scripture. Corinthians, because they're in Corinth, it's just the people. Paul had planted a church there. And in that church, there were believers that were a lot like us. Some of them were further along on their spiritual journey. Some of them weren't. Some of them were new believers, and they didn't understand spiritual gifts. They didn't understand a lot of things. But Paul wanted to make clear that even if they've gotten spiritual gifts to this point, there's one more thing they got to get, and we got to get it too. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, here we go. This is what he writes. Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. The greatest gift, the gift that we all have, that we can all open, is love. That's the greatest gift. And we can only love because God first loved us. That's why it's the greatest gift. It's love. And these spiritual gifts are great. Don't get me wrong. They're wonderful. You should desire them. You should live with your spiritual gifts. You should embody the body of Christ. You should be a part of it. But if you don't have love, you got nothing. That's what Paul is trying to tell us here. And he's not devaluing the gifts. He's raising up loves because love motivates us to do the right thing the right way and wants us to stop doing the right thing the wrong way. See, it's not right if we do the right thing, but it's not done in love. It can turn into a self-focus. It can make us think we're made for me or these gifts make me cool or these gifts make me great. But if we're not focused on who we're serving with our gifts, because we always serve with our gifts, we're going to get it wrong. That's the more that we're made for with this love. And Paul calls it the way of love. The way of love, like a path or a journey, the way that you do love. Because see, love isn't just a feeling or a thought. A big part of love is how we do things. It's the way we do things. Love is a posture. You know what I mean by posture? How you carry yourself. Love is a how. It's not just what we do. Love is how we do it. And Lord knows we can do the right thing the wrong way. Have you ever done the right thing the wrong way? Okay, just last night, right, I'm sitting at a restaurant and my kids are playing and my kid decides to climb the fence. Now, I'm, I'm concerned. He's four years old. He should not be climbing the fence to get to the other side, right? That's not what he should be doing. And I did a thing 
that drives my wife crazy and drives everyone crazy. I whistled at him like he was a dog. And then everybody kind of looked at him like, oh, I'm that dad now. Oh, that's me. I, I promise I don't hit my kids. I love them. I don't keep them in cages, right? And guess what happens after that? It's the right thing to try to protect my child, to be worried about him going on the fence, but it was the wrong way to do it, and that's not love. And of course, as I walk in, somebody goes, oh, hey, you're from City Church, right? I'm like, oh, oh, don't be here tomorrow. (laughs) My posture was wrong. And because my posture was wrong, it communicated the wrong thing to my child and all of the people that were watching. The how was wrong. It undermined the good that I was trying to do. 19th century author Ralph Waldo Emerson said it this way, who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Oh yeah, that'll preach right there. That's a smart man. Because love is not just the what, love is the how. And as followers of Jesus, if we don't get the how right, the what doesn't matter. Because I believe we have the greatest what in the world. We have the greatest what that's ever existed of all time. We have a love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding that we could never fathom. But if we don't get the how right, the what's not going to matter to people. So love is how, it's aligning our performance, the things we do, and our posture, how we do them. So love isn't just something we think or something we feel, love is what we do and how we do it. So what does that look like? All right, this is what Paul writes. This is the posture of love. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's the posture of love. And many of us have might have heard this before because it's really common to read these verses at weddings. It's 1 Corinthians 13. It's, it's, it's the love passage that they often read at weddings. And that is the right context for it, but it's not just about romantic relationships. This is about all of our relationships. This kind of love is available to everything we do, and that's what Paul is trying to get them to get. He wasn't just talking about romantic relationships. This is the kind of love we need to have in all of our relationships because it's what we do, and it's how we do it. He wants us to practice a posture of love because if you live your purpose with your spiritual gift and you don't have love, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. We gotta get the what, and we gotta get the how right. And so I'm going to go through this list again, and this this list is tough. It's challenging, but I'm going to go through it again, and I just want you to think of one thing. What's one thing on this list? There's like 14 things on this list. What's one thing that you can take into this week to work in love? And one of our folks, Emma, actually, who was just up here, she challenged me this way. She said, ask am I, right? It says, love is patient. Am I patient? Love is kind. Am I kind? And so I'm going to ask you those questions. And I want you to pick one thing for this week. One thing for this week to work on. 
Are you patient? Are you kind? Do you envy? Do you boast? Are you proud? Do you dishonor others? Are you self-seeking? Are you easily angered? Do you keep a record of wrongs? Do you delight in evil? Do you rejoice with the truth? Do you protect? Do you trust? Do you hope? Do you persevere? I know that that's a lot, but think of that one thing, because if you can bring that and get just a little bit better, it gets the how right in the what that you're doing. Think about it. This is, and I'm going to be honest, I wrote this. This is hard. I wrote this. I'm like, oh, man, I need all 14. (laughs) I need help. Jesus, help me. Got to pick one. All right, but Paul doesn't just want us to get the how because love is not just the what and the how. Love has more, and he moves from posture to purpose. All right, this is what he writes. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it passes away. Any of those spiritual gifts, they all pass away. For we know in part and prophecy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This is why. Love is not just a posture. Love is also a purpose. It's not just how we do what we do. It's why we do what we do. It's why we focus on the how. It's why we make sacrifices for our loved ones. It's why we give a little more even though it's going to be hard. It's why we show up with our spiritual gifts and do what we're going to do. It's the why. It's not about us. It's about love. It's the why of what we're doing. But have you ever done the right thing for the wrong reason? I know I have. I can think of times. uh, One just comes to mind specifically, right? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a good, loving thing. I'm going to make my wife some coffee. right? And I'm going to do it, and I, I think I figured it out, and I do it, and I'm sitting there watching, just like watching over her. Because I didn't make her coffee because I really wanted to love her. I made her coffee because I wanted her to tell me that I was good. I wanted her to see, oh, I'm a good husband. And so I'm sitting there and she's drinking her coffee like, okay, are you ready to praise me? (laughs) This was good, right? And she's like, "Uh, it's a little sweet. And I'm like, a little sweet? Like, I lost my mind. That's doing the right thing for the wrong reason. And we've all done that before. And I wanna say this, as followers of Jesus, when we try to tell people about Jesus for the wrong reason, you might as well not talk about Jesus. If you're gonna be judgmental, if you're gonna be angry, or if you're gonna be so focused on being right that you don't convey love, just don't say anything. 
because that turns people off more than anything to Jesus. People love Jesus. People don't like the people that follow Jesus because they don't reflect his love. Author and pastor Andy Stanley put it this way. Have you ever sacrificed your ability to make a difference to make a point? That hurts, right? But love is getting the what, the how, and the why right. It puts it all together. It's aligning our performance, our posture, and our purpose. That's the more we're made for, and that's what we've been talking about because these gifts, what Paul was just writing, these gifts are gonna go away. They're not gonna be here forever. Why are they gonna go away? Because spiritual gifts are given to us to make this world a better place. And folks, I don't think I need to tell you, this world needs to be better. This world needs light because there's a lot of darkness. There are children being abused. There are spouses being abused. There are children that are going hungry. There's El Paso, there's Dayton, there's whatever the next news story is about, the next awful thing that's going to happen. They don't need more knowledge. They don't need more politics. They don't need more opinions. They need you with love. Because where we are right now is not okay. We can make this world a better place. It was, get, Jesus told us to do that and he gave us a piece of his spirit so that we can do it because we're not meant to sit here in chairs and listen to some jerk like me talk. You're meant to go out there and do something about it. This world, don't give up on the world because the world is people. The world isn't something that's trying to oppress you or take your beliefs away. The world is people that need to know Jesus. And your spiritual gifts are how we do that. That's the more that you're made for. Jesus loves you. And if you don't know that, if you haven't received that one gift that we've been talking about today, the gift of love, your first step is to believe in Jesus. City Church exists so that all people can believe and thrive in Jesus. But you know what? We welcome everybody here. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you believe. You might have got dragged here and you're like, why is this crazy man shouting at me? Okay, I understand. I'm just passionate. I love Jesus, okay? But if you don't, that's okay. I want you to be here. I want you to ask questions. I want you to be skeptical. I want you to question. And you're welcome here while you do all that. Ask us any question. But the next step, if you want what we're talking about, if you want a part of these spiritual gifts, if you want to be a part of the body of Christ, if you want to know true love, you have to believe in Jesus. Because we love because he loved us first. And when you believe in Jesus, you're not believing in a church. You're not believing in a man. You're not believing in a pastor. You're not believing in an organization. You're believing in Jesus. Because for some of you, one of the reasons you don't want to believe in Jesus is because you got hurt. Because you haven't experienced the love because a pastor or an organization or whatever, they kicked you out, they kept you outside, they told you you weren't good enough, they told you you were going to hell, and that's not what God is telling you. He's telling you, I love you. And he's telling you, I love you more than you could possibly know. 
You might not have been loved well, but the Jesus isn't the hateful Jesus that Christians are spewing. The Jesus is a loving Jesus that wants to take you into his arms and say, I love you, I will always love you, and I love you forever. That Jesus, you don't have to do a bunch of stuff. You don't have to fix your life right now. You just have to believe. You say, Jesus, I believe that you came. You were the son of God. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe that you were resurrected three days later because only you have the power over death. And I believe because of that, I get to spend eternity in heaven with a God that loves me. It just takes believing that. We're gonna pray later, you can, believe, you can pray that. It's not magic words. It's not anything you have to do. It's about your heart, right? It's about the what, the how, and the why. And when that aligns, you receive that love. Now, if you already believe in Jesus, I want you to go out and show that love by serving as a part of the body. Go out and use your spiritual gifts to make this world a better place because the world needs Jesus and that means the world needs you. And we have a lot of opportunities. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, you can sign up for the Purpose Pass. City.church purpose will take you through spiritual gift stuff. It's going to be awesome. But if you're looking, hey, I don't know, I have spiritual gifts, I know, but I don't know where to serve. Start with Kid City. They need all four of these spiritual gifts types to serve there. And you saw these wonderful kids up here singing because if you want to make a difference in the world, make a difference in the children. This world, we're passing the world to them. And so if you want to serve and make a difference right now, an easy way is to go out and sign up for Kid City right there at the center pavilion to serve. And there is a place for you there, I promise. Another thing you can do, we have a social action opportunity to go and make this world a better place. There's a lot of migrant kids in San Antonio and they need food, they need backpacks, they need resources, and they need people to go out and help them. And probably more than anything, they need to see people that love them. They need to see people that care for them because they're human beings, not because they're political props. So I want to encourage you to go out there and you can sign up at Connection Point. It doesn't matter what you believe politically, people need to be loved. People need to be loved and there's a great opportunity to love like he first loved us. You can go to Connection Point and you could sign up there for the opportunities that they have. This matters and I wanna tell you why this matters, why serving here at City Church matters because you might be thinking, well, I don't know how it makes a difference. Let me tell you how it makes a difference. I met a man a few years ago and he was coming to church and man, he did not look like he wanted to be here. And he looked like a dude maybe who hadn't ever been to church and he wasn't comfortable in church, but he, was, he started to come. And then his wife came. And then his kids came. And they all started to come. And one day, the family signed up to get baptized. The whole family, husband, wife, and like four kids, they signed up and I got a chance to talk to him and he said, you know, my life was in a very dark place. It was either end it all or Jesus. And I chose Jesus. And because he chose Jesus, his family chose Jesus. And they were all baptized on the stage. But that doesn't happen without somebody who makes sure they can part. That doesn't happen without a smiley face in the cafe that, that gives them coffee or a muffin or a donut. That doesn't happen without the people who open the doors for them with a smile. It doesn't happen without the people of Kid City who teach the kids about Jesus. Because sometimes the kids teach the parents. It doesn't happen without 
people serving as part of the body with their spiritual gifts, you did that. You did that. And there are more stories like that because serving, man, you do great things when you love other people. But sometimes when you live your purpose, it gives your pain perspective. I know another family that signed up to serve here. They came here to City Church. Their marriage was a mess and they were just looking for something that would help. And they sat there and they listened and their marriage started to get a little bit better. So they go, well, maybe we should give back here. And they started to serve on different teams based on their spiritual gifts. And as they served, their kids were like, yo, mom and dad are different. What's going on? Let's go check it out. And they served and their marriage got better as they got into community and they got connected with other people. They started to find freedom together. And as they continued to serve, they said, this feels amazing. And they started to understand what their purpose was. And they started to move forward. And now today, not only is their marriage stronger, their kids believe in Jesus because of the change they saw in them. That can be your story. Don't let your pain hold you back from your purpose. You are made to serve as a part of the body of Christ. That's the more you were made for and you've been equipped to do it and we're gonna do it right. We're gonna get the why, the how, and the what right. Let me pray. Father, I pray for all those who have not yet believed in you, God. I pray that they know that they're welcome here, God. But I pray that anybody who knows right now, I believe in this Jesus guy. I at least wanna try because if this, is, if this love is real, I want it. And if that's you, you don't have a magic prayer to pray to say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. God, I believe that I can spend eternity in heaven with you because of what you did. It's just that belief, it's faith. It's one act of faith. And there aren't magic words, say it with your heart. Make sure you get the what and the why right because don't do it because I'm telling you to do it because that's not love. Just pray that simple prayer. And for those of us that are already believers, God, I want to send these people out a commissioning prayer as I place hands over every single person here watching online in the video cafe, wherever you are, you were made by God. And he's given you a purpose and you won't be happy until you live that purpose out and make a difference in the world. And he's given you everything you need, the spiritual gifts and a body, a community of people who love you and support you while you do it to go live that out because the world needs Jesus. So as we leave this place today, light a fire under our butts to go and make this world a better place because the world needs you. In your name, amen. Thank you guys. Hey, next week, if you want to know more about this Jesus guy, we're going to be talking about him for several weeks in this series, Bystander. Come back and bring your friends. Bring your friends so they can understand who this Jesus guy is. We have our Kid City opportunities out there. Go and serve. Go and serve the migrant population. You can find that at Connect Point. And our prayer team is coming down front. A bunch of people who are going to serve you with their spiritual gifts. I love you guys. We'll see you next week.